Hello everybody and welcome to episode 321 of the Ask the Coach show where we answer your table tennis questions. I'm Jeff Plum and as always I'm joined by super coach Alois Rosario. Welcome Alois. Thank you Jeffrey and I uh, hope uh, you're well and hope you're coping with uh, isolation. I hope everyone else out there is uh, coping with uh, the situation at the moment and hopefully we will be able to bring you some uh, information and maybe just a little bit of entertainment not too much because we do have the uh, the joke of the day coming up shortly but um yeah hope you hope you're all well indeed now it was it was daylight savings here Alois and we said we were going to start the podcast at nine o'clock this morning and for some reason I just cannot get this right I thought we were going to move our clocks forward and I was like oh no I've gone to bed late I'm not going to wake up in time um and actually, we got an extra hour. I found that yeah. out. I was like so happy. It was like the best news I'd had for a long time. Yeah, how how good is it? And you have to remember that in in spring you spring forward with your clocks. Wow, that's really good to to know. Yeah, I don't know why it's. So, I'm normally pretty good with that sort of thing and numbers, but that gets me every single time. Yeah, and in fall you fall backwards. Okay, that's good, except in Australia we have autumn, not fall, but... True. But, yeah, it's good. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe uh, next year you'll remember. Oh, no, not, 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 not next year. Later this year you'll remember. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, so spring forwards and yeah. fall backwards. So we just yes. fell backwards. Y- yes, that's right, because <laughs> we're in autumn. <laughs> Great. Oh, dear. Now, um, Alloys... Yes, Jeff. What is a foot's favourite chips? A foot's favourite chips? Yeah. Uh, I don't know, Jeffrey. What is a foot's favourite chips? Doritos! <laughs> uh, 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 people are so glad they're listening to this show right now. Oh, have you have you know that clapping did not come from the from the crowd, any form of audience. It was from Jeffrey himself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it gets better. I've got more. Oh, great. Good. If if Spaghetti was mm-hmm. to star in an action film, what would it be called? Uh, I don't know. A Spaghetti Western? Well, not bad. No, what it would actually be called is Mission Impastable. But- <laughs> That's not even slightly funny. Like, did you notice that that not even you clapped? <laughs> I was just I'm, waiting I'm... for you to laugh. Like, that is funny. <laughs> that that's a really good joke. Is is is, is, is that it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, good. Good. Can we get on to like you know, something that's going to be hopefully entertaining now? All right. Let's let well. Let's get on to something then. So. Oswald asked us a question, Alois. Yes. He said, when my opponent gives me a speedy serve, I can't survive. And whenever I try and return it, it always goes out. So do you have any tips for Oswald on how to return a very fast serve? Yeah. So I think the first important thing, Oswald, is don't try and do too much with it. So often when we see that fast serve come, we, coming, we try to think about trying to smash it back. You don't need to. So the 
the other player has committed with um, with a fast serve. So if you can just mainly think about your placement to start off with, think about how, where you're going to put that ball that's going to make it difficult for your opponent. If you try to play a big stroke, you're probably not going to have enough time to to really have a big swing at it. So utilize just the placement of the ball and think about, okay, I mean, maybe you can go into their backhand, maybe you can go into their crossover point, maybe you can find a, a nice wide angle out to their forehand or, or whatever it is. But yeah, think more about your placement. Um, you can topspin that ball, of course, but again, you don't need a big stroke to make a topspin. Just think about a nice, small topspin stroke that's going to put uh, your opponent under a bit of time pressure um, and uh, and hopefully uh, catch them out rather than uh, catching you out. Yeah, that's, that's a good tip, isn't it? Because I think often people panic when the ball comes long and we're kind of taught that if the ball comes long, you need to attack. But if it's already coming fast, yeah, just utilising their pace and a really small swing can be effective, especially, like you said, Alice, if you get that placement right. I think that's really the key. Yes, absolutely. So uh, don't think about, don't think about um, yeah, making a big stroke. Use, use your, uh, your, your smarts rather than your power. Yeah, exactly. All right, so hopefully that helps Oswald um, get out there when you... Well, when are we going to get a chance to get back out there, Alice? Who knows, but... Uh-oh, we'll get there. We will eventually, yeah. Keep your head up and uh, just put that, store that in your brain for when we get a chance. And for all those people that have a table at home, maybe you can start getting your family members involved or something, you know? Teach them some table tennis. Um, yeah, and even if you don't have a table, you can play on your dining table shorts crazy times turn your dining table into a ping pong table i say yeah even your coffee table any table any table's a table tennis table nowadays exactly your coffee table you could mini ping pong yes indeed that is a lot of fun by the way (laughs) absolutely that's a great idea all right um yeah that's what we should do i should um play some mini ping pong you know what we've done alloys what have you done, Jeffrey? We have moved our table tennis table into where our dining table used to be. It's actually quite a big room, so it's it's really good place to play ping pong. And the, the kids are loving it. They're just like, they'll just go, hey, they get a bit bored. And they're like, do you want to play some ping pong? And up they get, and away they go. And um, they're, they're getting not too bad, actually, with that, all this practice. That's good. That's a, what, a, what a good idea. Yeah, right. indeed. And, uh, and if you don't have a table tennis table, as Jeff said, just clear the dining table and use that. Absolutely. Strange times calls for strange measures. <laughs> Indeed. All right. Um, next question is from Jasper. And Jasper wants to know, what are some tactics when serving in doubles other than keeping it short with backspin? Yeah. So in doubles, one of the, one of the uh, important things is that because you're only serving to half um, the table, your opponent has a bit of an advantage because they can just cover that half of the table. So as you say, if you serve with backspin, that tends to help you to negate their ability to attack. You know, So serving it with backspin, serving it low um, is good. But I think one of the other important things is to also think about serving the ball closer to the middle line of the table. So if you serve out wide 
what's going to happen is that then the receiver has the option of going really wide back to the server's box. And then, of course, your partner is going to be in a tough position because they're going to be um, a long way away from that return. So start to think a little bit more about serving that ball closer to the middle line. Now, that can be a little bit more difficult, but it is worth pers- uh persevering with um, just to try to get that ball uh, closer to the uh, to the middle line don't forget though sometimes to serve the ball long and fast as well like you know and you're not going to serve long um, one out of two but if you serve one out of six or one out of eight um, long and fast it just keeps your opponent honest um, or the receiver honest um, so they're not really just creeping up and over the um, over the table completely so um so think think about that. Then also think about all of your service spin variations. You know, so yes, backspin is um, a good base to start off with, but you can gain advantages for your partner by starting to make some subtle changes with the spin, start to get some higher returns. You know, sometimes a no spin ball, sometimes some side top to uh, to get the ball up high as well. So yes, yeah, so also think about that as well. So. Um, it's um, as I say, it's a little bit harder in doubles to um, to uh, really um, get the advantage over your um, the receiver, but um, there are strategies that you can use, and um, and just keep thinking about um, those strategies. And then I suppose the last one I didn't mention is also don't forget what is the serve that your the person that you, that is receiving doesn't like. So you know you're only serving to one person. Um, for each game work out during that game what serves they in particular don't like so it might be that they don't like a long fast serve so then you could serve more long fast it may be that they don't like the side's been going one way or the other so then you know think about um, trying to um, hone in and serve a few more of those so yeah so you've only got one opponent to serve to for the game think about that for that game next game you'll, you'll need to change your strategies yeah, yeah, some really good advice there, Alice. And I think, yeah, it's important to remember that you are playing a specific opponent. So, yeah, figure out what they don't like, just like you would in any other in any other match um, and, and use those serves more often. Yeah, but I, I also like you're thinking about just like generally um, in doubles because they've only got that half table, you're really trying to limit their options. And so, yeah, I like that idea of cutting down the angle by serving closer to the middle line. That's um, that's good. Yeah. yeah, and I think, um, I mean, something that you used well, Jeff, is just um, just even keeping that serve simple can, can work well, you know. So um, I remember you using that backhand serve of yours that used to just stay really low, didn't give your opponent anything to really work with. And um, and gain the advantage. So, um, not forgetting that you played uh, played at the Olympics in double. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. I don't know. I found that worked well for me because a lot of people um, wanted to really be aggressive on the serve, and so if you just kept it low and close to that that middle line, it it is hard to do something aggressive with it. Um, and also, I like the backhand serve. You can get just subtle variations, just a little bit more backspin, not as much backspin little bit more side spin and also it depends it depends on the level of players but some players are so used to receiving backspin serves that they're not very good when you give a short uh, topspin serve so that's worth just testing out players I mean some players are really good at returning that and can just 
crunch them. But yeah, like you said, Alice, you got to find the weakness about the people that you're playing. So experiment with a few different serves. Yeah, and I think yeah, the the other advantage of the backhand serve as well, Jeff, if you're playing, uh, if there's two right-handers playing together, is then you're out of the way of your partner. So your partner can sort of creep in a little bit closer to the middle area of the table and be ready for that third ball. Um, whereas if you're serving a forehand serve, you you because you're further across the table, your partner then needs to you know, move a little bit uh, further away as well. So that backhand serve can open up some possibilities for your partner too. Definitely, yeah. All right, great question, Jasper. All right, moving on. Next question is from Matthew. And he says, how can you fix a dented ball and how does that affect the bounce of the ball? Yeah, so unfortunately there's no um, great solution, but one... Um, simple solution is if the ball is dented and if it is it doesn't have a crack in it so this is really important if if there's a crack in it then basically you can uh, put it in the rubbish bin or um, use it for um, you know smoke bombs or something but um, <laughs> for smoke bombs <laughs> but, um, but does that even it, work with the new type of ball yeah that's a very good question I think it's just uh, burning plastic isn't great is it no <laughs> <laughs> Don't try that at home, kids. <laughs> Do not try that at home. <laughs> Who even suggested that? Um, but um, that's yeah. our next video: smoke bombs. <laughs> <laughs> if if uh, if the ball has a dent in it without a crack, you can put it in boiling water. I know it's uh, it's an old tale that everyone says, but it does work. The only thing is, it doesn't ever come out completely round. It often comes out in a bit of an egg shape. Um, and it does tend to soften the ball a bit um, as well. But it does get the, the dent out, and you can use it. Um, the other thing that um, is good to note is that if you get the ball as soon, it is, as soon as it has been dented, you can, if you're good, just press the ball out. So... Um, we might, uh, we might have to do a little video on this one. I don't know how interesting it would be. But um, on how you can press out the uh, the dent in a ball, I tend to use the, the joint. Now, you'll have to imagine this. The joint of my thumb the, uh, and use, the, use that joint to press into the, into the, um, the outskirts of the dent, if you know what I mean. If you're thinking the about a outskirts crater, of the dent. Yeah, I think I know what you mean. Where the, where the dent starts going down, you press yes. on that part. Yes, yeah. But you need to start just pushing it really softly and move around the dent. Um, and as I said, if you do it as soon as it's dented, um, because the you know it's still that dent is still a little bit warm and pliable, um, malleable it, even. Malleable. What a good word, malleable. Um, yes, it um, it can it can come out uh, easier if you leave it for a minute or two. Um, then it becomes much, much harder. So if you do happen to uh, squish a ball in the next uh, week or so and you think about it, see if you can uh, utilise that technique. Just press in gently around the, uh, the ridge of the dent. Um, just keep pressing around, pressing around. It might not come out straight away, but you can start to slowly push it, push it out. So uh, have, a, have a go. Great tip. And thanks for the question, Matthew. All right, here's an interesting one, um, Alois, um, from another Matthew, but a different Matthew. He says, Dear Alois and Jeff, 
Are there official table tennis rules that prohibit me from swapping rackets with my doubles partner randomly between points? Yes, there is. So, um, yeah, bad luck. Um, you, um, yeah, so you aren't allowed to swap brackets with your partner because when you um, when the umpire checks your bat, they're checking which bat you're going to use um, for a for the match. So it's not the, which bats your team's going to use; it's uh, which bat you're going to use for the match. So, um, and the rule says you aren't allowed to. Um, uh, change rackets during a match. So, um, unfortunately, it's, it, it would be a good um, good thought, though, Matthew. To, yeah, be- uh, because Matthew was... Um, you know how we've got um, the rule allies about you got to have one red and one black. And I think yes. the reason that came in was because if you used, like, an anti-spin rubber on one side and then a really spinny rubber on the other and they were both black, your opponent couldn't tell and then... If they use the same motion, it would be really hard to tell if there was any spin on the ball or not. And yeah. Matthew and his partner use the same bat, but they've got one funny rubber and one normal rubber, but they've got the opposite colours. Oh, so if they kept switching tricky. bats, that would be incredibly confusing for the people and they'd get around that rule, basically. So, yes, no, sneak, sneaky idea. No, unfortunately, Matthew, good plan, but no can do. Yeah, um, but, but if you were just playing in your local pennant and they just kept swapping, who's going to notice? The umpire. <laughs> who's going to notice? You uh, are. You don't want to go in there and know that you've cheated your way through the match. True, exactly. Yeah, good point. <laughs> good. All right, next question is uh, from Yogesh, and I think this is really relevant um, today. Alois, um, because he says, hi, coach, this might be a simple question, but I have a high expectation to get an answer. He says, my son and daughter are beginning and started learning the game, but he sees they lack, they lack movements and need guidance from them to do shadow drills. So do you have any advice about shadow drills and how would that apply to the situation we're in now with everyone yes. in isolation? Yeah, it's uh, it's it's probably something that you can do that um, that can just um, help you to uh, keep movements or even learn movements of strokes. So, um, you know, a sh- what a shadow um, movement is is you're doing a stroke without a ball. Um, so basically, you don't need a table, you don't need a ball. You're just practicing the swing of the stroke or the swing of a serve or whatever it is. Um, so, obviously, there's it has limited um, benefit because it's not the same as hitting a ball. But if you don't have the option to hit a ball, if you don't have um, uh, the circumstances, then shadow swings or shadow play can be useful. So especially if you're learning um, a technique, so if you're learning the forehand topspin, for example, um, it can be good to just do a couple of swings um, and just see what that, um, swing looks like so uh, something that I often um, recommend to people is if you watch one of the ping skills videos and or watch your your favorite player playing a stroke and then have a look in the mirror of you doing the stroke without a ball um, and just see what that looks like in comparison to the stroke that we're showing you um, often when you're playing you it's difficult to um, really know what 
your stroke looks like. So often perception is very different to uh, to what it is. So you know you might feel like you're doing the stroke correctly, but um, you know it might be completely different to what we're recommending. So by doing shadow um, swings or shadow play uh, and standing in front of the mirror, it's an easy way for you to be able to actually see what that stroke looks like and then what it feels like too. So when you then get a chance to go back on the table, you then have a good um, perception of the feel of what that stroke feels like when you finish in the right position, when your bat starts, when it swings through in the in the correct plane. So um, so for me, that's that's a good use of shadow play especially when you're learning a stroke but the other thing that you can do with shadow play is you can you can um, almost do like a physical workout so um, if you're thinking about doing some footwork drills you could do that by doing shadow play so by um, you know doing the movements that you would for a, a normal uh, footwork drill and playing the actual stroke um, you can gain similar sort of um, physical benefits to what you would be doing if you're um, if you're doing some footwork at home as mm. well. So yeah, so you could use it to get your exercise in while you're at home. Yeah, absolutely. A lot so of, lot of benefits. Yes. So you know, and you can make up whatever drill that you want. Um, have a look at um, some of the training drills that we've got, and uh, we'll put a link on the show notes. To- oh, you got to do the backhand, forehand, forehand, or the Falkenberg drill, as it's known. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could do that. You could do that. And as I said, yeah, good physical benefits um, for you if you if you can do something like that um, while you're at home. Um, all it needs is, you know, a few, um, a couple of metres of uh, floor space. You can do it outside. You can do it inside. Um, you don't have to rely on, um, you know, the having no wind so the ball flies around. You can just do it anywhere you like. Yeah, so, so as you famously said in that Practicing Alone video, Alois, all you need is a piece of floor. Exactly. A piece of floor is, <laughs> is, is, is all that's needed in the world. Now, when you were young, Alois, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Did, um, did you used to just walk around and just do, you know, shadow swings oh. just randomly? Yeah, in the supermarkets and stuff too. Really embarrassing to think about it now, but yes. <laughs> but um, I mean, there must be something to that as well, isn't it? So you can do it as like as a drill where you sit down and go, I'm just going to do that. But you can also just do it anywhere, like you said. Yeah, like sitting in your chair, listening to a podcast. You <laughs> might uh, uh, you might do some shadow swings. If we were allowed to drive around everywhere, you could do it, you know, at the at the traffic lights. Um, uh, you could uh, do some backhands. I've, and, yeah, yeah, sorry, go on. And and, and sometimes uh, I have been and and I've heard many table tennis players in their sleep, you know, lashing out and doing some backhands and forehands as well. So um, yeah, especially when you're falling asleep, I often find not often, but you know, sometimes find that you lash out and and uh, uh, you know, hitting hitting a, a famous backhand. Yeah, now. Maybe not as relevant for our US viewers who probably don't even know what cricket is, but I've been watching this great series on Amazon Prime Alloys called The Test. And mm-hmm. it follows the Australian cricket team when they, from their debacle in South Africa where they were um, cheating using sandpaper on the cricket ball, um, through to the Ashes, you know, the biggest um, test series for Australians. Um, and they're talking about Steve Smith. Oh, that's my Siri just come off. 
<laughs> what, did you, what did you what did you say to Siri? I'm not sure. <laughs> Just came on. But uh let me turn that off. Um but yeah, they're following them around and all the time and the players were starting to talk about Steve Smith who's like the best batter in oh, well maybe maybe Coley is one of the best batters in the world and he was just everywhere we would go they're like he just never switches off he's always in cricket you know we'll be in our hotel room and we'll hear this tapping and they're like we'll just text him on the whatsapp message are you shadow are you doing shadow practice again <laughs> yes yeah and, and, and fascinating series yeah, I've I've heard good reports about uh, the test. So uh, yeah, yeah, get onto it, people. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. so I'll I'll have to get onto it at some stage. Yeah, when so, I get Amazon Prime. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Well, I mean, the sounds like a spokesman for Amazon now. <laughs> it's like <laughs> if if you get Amazon Prime, you get free delivery on goods, which is great in this environment when you want to shop online. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. But then you're not supporting the little guys, are you? Maybe, I don't know, it's so tough. Yeah, shop local. Indeed. <laughs> shop local, think global. <laughs> yes. There we go. All right. Should we get to that, Jeff? What, what, where are we going? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But to uh, end the show, just, Alloys. I'm sure we were just doing shadow play at one stage. <laughs> All right. To end the show, I've got three OMG facts for you. These these are be- these are definitely better than your attempts at jokes. Mission Impastable. Yeah. As I said, starring spaghetti. I, I haven't even heard one yet today, but I know it's going to be better than that. <laughs> All right, here you go. Yep. For the coffee drinkers out there, dark roasted coffee has less caffeine than medium roast. Roasting coffee beans burns off caffeine. Yeah, see, that's interesting. <laughs> All right. Ice cream was invented in ancient China in 2000 BC. Whoa, really? <laughs> Apparently, I mean, again, I have no idea if these are true or anything, but they're on my calendar, so I'm saying, that, and they say facts, so I think they're, they're true. All right, last one, Alois. Are you ready for this? I am, I think. The, the human heart creates enough pressure, enough pressure... Let me start again. I've just messed that up. This is this is exciting. The human heart creates enough pressure to squirt blood 30 feet. Really? That's Apparently. 10 meters. 10 I mean, meters. I'm, I'm wow. not going to say yes because I'm just reading these off the calendar, but potentially. Wow. Potentially yeah. a fact. Well, I'm not going to try it, but that's interesting. <laughs> yes, it is. is. It? Yeah, that, that's an OMG fact. <laughs> must be fact because it's on your calendar. <laughs> Indeed. If anyone out there actually can dispute any of these facts, could you please just uh, message us, write to us, send us a contact us, put something on the Ask the Coach page. Absolutely. Yeah. Notes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Indeed. Um, yeah. All right, Alice. Well, that's a wrap. That's the show. Done. Good work. All well right, done. So- Thanks, everyone, for listening. Stay safe. Um, Look at some of those activities you can do indoor. We should get that blog post up, Alloys. Yes. Yes, we'll do that. Been too busy, Jeff. (laughs) Exactly. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, and thank you, Alloys. Thanks, Jeff, and uh, stay safe out there, guys.